Parenting is hard, but there's help. Welcome to Everyday Parenting with Mary Beth Henry, a licensed marriage and family therapist and parent educator. Everyday Parenting utilizes face-to-face unscripted interviews with real parents, but names have been changed to protect their identities. If you have a business and would like to reach directly into the ears of our listeners, please contact us at parentingpodcast at gmail.com. Speech, language, and communication play a vital role in our lives. Without it, children have difficulty communicating their basic needs and can struggle academically or with peers. At Jabberdogs, speech-language pathologist Stephanie Mashek can help you or your loved one become a successful communicator. Based in Pasadena, California, Jabberdogs offers private speech and language therapy at affordable rates. They also take insurance, including Blue Shield and Anthem Blue Cross of California. Visit Jabberdogs.com for more information. That's J-A-B-B-E-R-D-O-G-S dot com. All right, well, let's get started. So I wanted to put this together. You know, when I created this last week, things were different, right? As we all know, every day is changing. Every day is evolving. Um, So what I need to, you know, what, what tonight is really about is supporting you giving you a little, um, you know, giving you some guidance on what I can for where you are as a family and where you are in making decisions right now. Because as, as we know, things are completely evolving every single minute. That's where we are. So let's, let's just start. Um, some links um, that I've added into my link tree, I'm going to refer back to some of those. So you can always go back into link tree and um, get these links, okay? So that is available to you. But let's let's talk about what's happening right now. As of right now, um, well, as of today, as of literally an hour ago, um, a majority of schools are going to full online. Um, as the declarations have been coming out, um, I, I'm going to talk about the two m- modes right now. And I really want to gotta go step by step to... Um, to make you aware of some things that you do need to be focusing on as decisions are being made. And um, so the three variations right now, as we know, are the fully online. So what I need you to be aware of with your school district and what your school district is um, talking to you about this moment is be aware of um, how they are choosing to do the fully online. Are they are they actually going to be using teachers um, that are currently with the uh, school? Um, and or are you, choose, are, are you choosing to go fully online with the school? Or are you choosing to go fully online as a separate entity? Are you wanting to go, and go, go away from your school district and do a, um, a, either an online program or a homeschool program for yourself? Um, as I've been telling families since early March, um, way back when, was to if you are if you are beginning to look at options for education, and you wanted to start looking at homeschool programs, and um, which are part of the, um, which is a separate entity from your extra school that you're going to currently, um, you would have to have done that back before June. A lot of the programs that we you uh, might be interested in. Um, or if you want to do homeschool now, are now officially closed. They are overly stocked. They, ha- they cannot take any more students, and they are closed. Um, there, are, there are other programs that are available to you, 
um, that are um, that are a pay, a more of a paid program. You'd have to pay for it separately. But the ones that would be coming through like a K two education and separate are are full at this point. I'm not saying there aren't any out there, but I'm just saying a majority of them are closed. They have they have shut down their registration process. So looking at that option. If that is still something you want to look at, please um, let's talk about that further and, and look for some other options. Um, but the other option is, um, so if you are looking for a non-school, non-traditional education, you know, going through your school district and going privately, you need to look at some, some key elements here. Um, because what um, the accreditation is an important piece to look at. What, how, are there teachers accredited? Is the program accredited? There are a lot of programs that are out there, and um, you need to make sure that that's number one in your list to make sure to look through the accreditation of that program. Transferability is a very large problem. Transferability is the classes that your children are taking through K through 12 are do those do those classes do those credits transfer? You would be amazed on how many don't. So that is something to make sure you're very aware of if you're in any program that is non non-school district, a non-school district program to make sure that they, those credits are transferable. Um, that is, a, and you would think with elementary school, it, it would be, but it's not always the case. Some programs do not transfer over and even all the way up to the high school. So be very aware of that. Always check the transferability. Um, the effectiveness, how effective is that learning environment for your child? Know your child, know how your child learns, and does the program provide the effective learning environment that your child needs? And that's something, if you need help figuring that out, please reach out to me. Um, I can meet with you. I can't come to your home, but I can do videos. If I've never met you, I could actually work with you via videos and try to figure this out with you. Um, that is something that I can do. Um, curriculum standards is all part of the accreditation piece. What are their standards, the curriculum standards? What are they requiring? Uh, per age, per grade, per age, um, and and does that match with, like I said, with the transferability? So that's these are all really key important pieces to look at. The other one is what kind of support services can the fully online program provide you? So this is something that I want to look at for both with the school, with your school district, and with an um, a online um, non-school curriculum would be, um, and in my link tree, I have added in um, what are the legal support services that your child, if your child has an IEP, a 504, um, any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, services that your child might need and, and um, for any kind of uh, extended learning, those services um, must be provided by both, by both um, situations. So, um, be aware that I did put that in there on Linktree as a resource for you um, to, to make sure that that is um, something you will follow up with and look at that option. Um, all the way down from education services down to, to just the meal services, providing meal services for your children, transportation if your child needs to go in for any kind of uh, speech therapy um, or OT or any kind of programs that are being offered by your school district um, or that are that have already been allotted to you, um, those services are still going to be provided, um, and and also the food services will be provided. So um, please be aware of those. 
and um, know that your school districts um, are going to be providing those uh, when you're fully online. So that's fully online with school, with your school district, and if you choose to go off um, uh, in a private um, setting for uh, fully online. The other piece is um, the instructor quality. I, so this is where back to the non-school, non-school district, this is fully online for non-school district, is being really aware of who, what is the accreditation of the teachers, um, what experience the teachers have had, but also be very aware of, uh, I know a lot of teachers that did go and have been hired by the, um, the online uh, services and online programs and homeschool programs. Um, so just check and follow through with that and make sure we have um, instructors that are uh, the quality instructors and they are accredited. Um, and the last big piece um, for all online programs, either online with the school or online with your homeschool or um, digital learning, is we have to talk tonight about socialization. This is the number one piece that I am um, I am truly truly pushing um, now that we've that the new school year is starting. Summer will be ending, and August will be the new school year. Um, we, we, we were able to get away with um, March, February, March, April, May, June, July, um, by keeping our children isolated, keeping our children safe. Um, but we do have to start making uh, changes for our children for the next months to come. Um, we cannot continue on this path of keeping our children isolated and and keeping them we have to keep them safe but we cannot keep them isolated within your family structure um so what i have written up and what i'm encouraging it's also again on the link tree is um i'm strongly encouraging families to start talking and communicating with other families that are i'm calling it birds of a feather families that are very similar to you families that you are know are living a very similar similar life to you and the sense of safety and um, children ages that are similar to try to find, um, uh, to try to start creating small little bubbles, small little pods of um, um, time that is gonna be carved out and organized within your family structure that your children will be with other children um, at least uh, two to three times a week. And it, it can be in a, a learning environment, it could be in a social environment, it could be in a play environment, it could be um, either coming to your homes if you don't want outdoor outdoor play area, or meeting at different locations, the Arboretum, um, Descanso Gardens, uh, parks, going to grass areas, going on hikes, um, going to parking lots and riding bikes, um, going to having meals together on blankets outside, whatever we can do to have children around other children that are similar to their age. Um, this cannot be uh, unnoticed at this point. I'm seeing the repercussions. I'm dealing with families on a constant basis of children um, from uh, preschool all the way up to my, my high schoolers that I work with and, and even my college students. Um, I'm seeing and I'm beginning to see a breakdown of um, uh, emotional uh, mental health with these with all with children and we, we, we just can't go on any further with this 
Um, and I am, I am, believe me, I am a true believer in masks and quarantine and keeping safe, but we have to rebalance. We have to balance out something here. So I did write up a, a piece that you can get on Linktree also about how to create a pod, how to create a bubble, a social bubble for your children. That's going to provide a safe place for your children. It's going to provide a, uh, a place that, um, that you will have some interaction with other adults um, as well as your children. Um, it will take time on your effort and effort on your part. And, um, but it can be done and it's being done throughout the world. It's being done in other, in other countries. It's being done in other States. Um, but it's something that I'm, I am going to put a lot of effort and time into. So please, if you need help putting that together, please reach out to me on that one. But we, that, that is a big important piece that does need to, to happen. So, what I'm hearing right now from a lot of schools and from parents um, right now is, and from the government and from different agencies is that right now, as of today, um, we have Pasadena, uh, we have LA Unified, we have Glendale Unified. Um, I have not heard from Pasadena Unified. If someone has that report, I would like to hear if someone could speak up and let me know as if that's been determined. Uh, La Quinata Unified, as they have all chosen to start online, fully online at the beginning of the school year with hybrid type interaction with the children in small groups after school hours is what I'm hearing is general, general consensus. Does anyone have any information from Pasadena Unified at this point? Because I have not heard the update from Pasadena Unified. Does anyone have uh, that response? Yeah, they, sent out a, they sent out a blast saying uh, the superintendent is going to meet with the board on the 16th to um, try and implement 100% um, Online. virtual learning. So they just need board approval before that is implemented, and that would be on the 16th. Okay. Okay. So the, thank you, Lori. So let me know, Lori, if when you hear that uh, final, the challenge I know that Lori's dealing with, and I know that several other families are dealing with is we're starting, a lot of families are starting kindergarten. And this is a very large transitional year starting kindergarten. And to go fully online uh, with a kindergarten classroom, um, what I'm beginning to hear from some school districts, and I don't know if it's going to be a model that's going to be used throughout but what I am hearing from some school districts um, is I heard that one school district over the summer did a kindergarten uh, readiness, kindergarten introduction where they had very small groups, where they had the teacher working with the children online, getting to know them before the school year, which I think was wonderful. What I'm hearing from other school districts um, is possibly bringing in um, doing the fully online, but then also allowing kindergartners to come in in small increments to see the classroom, to see the teacher um, at after hour type thing. So I want you to be aware of that and, and push whatever you can for our kindergartners um, to get them in uh, to meet the teacher in person, to see what the classroom is about. Um, that association, we need some kind of association for those little, little guys to kind of put together where they're going, what this is all about. Um, I don't know if it's going to be completely available that way, but whatever we can do to support that within your school district, I, I highly encourage you to ask that question. Um, and if you do meet the teacher ahead of time online to maybe, you know, suggest that maybe some kind of a 
um, a, you know, come by and see the classroom, um, maybe pick up, so, you know, just some interaction with actual, the physical space uh, would be highly recommended. Um, so that, any, any ideas or, or questions right now on the fully online piece? I would like to take questions about that right now. Have you heard how districts are, I mean, we have Benjamin who's going to be in kindergarten, but the whole kindergarten with hands-on learning and science experiments and learning about their world and math and math manipulatives, how, I guess I know, I don't know how that can even happen. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and the fact that they may give us a Chromebook, I mean, Mark and I are touching a physical book, you know, to be yeah. able to yeah. open up the pages and, and, and a Chromebook is just not in our wheelhouse. And you know what I mean? I, yeah. I know I hear, I hear what you're saying. Um, so this is, this goes back to the, the piece that we are, um, that we, we, we're all going to have to, um, kind of talk about when it comes to um, equity within the school system. This is a real challenge that we're going, that we have faced this last couple months. And it's, it's a huge challenge coming up. Um, the equity of what's available to students to use for learning. And this, you know, the idea that a school district, which a majority of school districts were trying to give out Chromebooks or some kind of digital device to learn off of, it didn't happen to the majority, or if it did, there wasn't a bandwidth um, for those students to even use their Chromebook or the, what was given to them in certain areas of our cities. What, I, what I'm hearing this year with the new fall coming up is the school districts with the equity issue and the whole ability of not having the bandwidth or not having the, um, the tools at home to do the science or to do the the manipulatives with math or, or books to read is that the schools um, are actually are considering um, putting together um, physical packages of learning tools that your child would be able to use. So that would be a case by case, school by school, but that is something that has been talked about a lot. Um, and it is something of the equity issue that is a real problem, um, as we know, with um, a majority of our families in our school districts. So I know that is, that's something that has been talked about. And I know that is something that is in the works for some schools. So Lori, it would be a matter of um, making, that, making that heard from your school district to ask about that and to see if that is something that, Lori, I can tell you though, that the, the fully online is going to include your child being on Zoom or some other modality like this that we're talking right now, that is how the, the, that Benjamin would be getting his education would be in this virtual world as we're seeing right now. Yeah, we, when he they did Zoom, his attention no more than 15 minutes before he's like on board, looking around the room, trying to find a car to play with. It yeah. was, yeah. he was completely tuned out. It yes. was... Well, I and, don't know how they're going to implement three hours or so of of core learning. Yeah, 
So, you know, Lori, I'm going I'm to speak a little bit on this, but I know there are 20 other parents on here that, that have just experienced this last semester. So I would like, I would like someone to speak up who just, who just would, um, experienced um, a, a very, like a five-year-old, six-year-old in a learning environment, and, and how did that work for you? And how did you get through that? So, Lori, I'd like you to hear from another parent, and then I'm going to give you some insight to my end on that one. But who is there anyone that would like to speak up and share with your experience? No? Hi. Yeah, Lulu, do you want to give your experience of your um, last? It, it kind of worked out. <laughs> um, sorry, my kids are around. Um, so... It was hard in the way that I had to sit next to her the entire time Um, from, you know, listening to the directions for her if the class went too fast or if there are distractions. Um, The teacher did everything they can, but it is definitely not individualized. I mean, or she can't... Stop and see what your child is doing. It's just go, 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 go. Um, you know, and a lot of times if, like, a child was did not have the appropriate materials, it was kind of like, well, I'm moving on. Um, and then it wasn't very long for kindergarten. It was about only, for us at least, it was only 30 minutes to 45 minutes, which was long enough for a five-year-old. But there wasn't actually too much instruction. Um, they did practice phonics and they practiced um, drawing, but there was no, you know, direct instruction on how to write their letters. Um, you know, it, it was hard where assignments that you still have to do every single iota it upload it submit it yeah so in in that that was really difficult on for me to having to really do this for three four hours every day because after the online instruction is when she actually did the assignments yeah yeah that's yeah so Lori, just yeah, that's that's kind of what the kindergarten first and second would be. Uh, you would have to have um, the ability to have some adult um, with your child during that time to number one sit on their have them sit on your lap um, or let them sit on the floor next to the the, uh, the computer, play with something as they're listening. Depending on how your child learns, you, um, not all children are going to be conducive to sitting there and staring at a screen. And, and responding and listening, or they could, you know, versus they could be sitting next to the, on the ground listening um, and, and still taking in the information, but not really paying attention fully. That's understandable. Um, but it is going to take for K through two, you need to expect that you would have some adult right, 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 available to be with, your, be with that child and to guide them through what is being said, how it is being said, what do they want them to be doing listening to the story together, um, listening to the prompts together, um, having some kind of, um, there's not a lot of reciprocal information going back and forth. It's more of a teaching, getting you ready then for you to go work with your child um, for the rest of the day on different activities that would be provided by the school district, by, by your teacher. 
And that's, that's what it looks like. And, and that this is where we come into the equity issue that we're going to be running into is who's going to be the adult with that child? Who's going to be able to be with the child teaching um, if parents have to work? Who's going to be with the child? And this is a real, such a real serious problem we have right now. Um, and, and, and Lori, I know I'm going, I'm speaking, I see you and I'm speaking to you, but I know you have a young baby and that has something you're going to have to take that into consideration um, that you will be having to spend that time. And I'm not saying three, you know, I'm not saying five hours, but as Lulu was referring to, there is going to be a good 30 to 40 minutes of time with the teachers, with the instructor giving input, giving stories, doing some interactive activity with you and Benjamin. And then you, you scheduling the rest of the day to, to teach the, the language, the writing, the reading, and all those other pieces at home. Okay. Can I speak about an alternative, I guess a, a little bit alternate experience in the school? And, and it's not for kindergarten, but it seems to be a school-wide, because it was in a school-wide email in explaining how they're doing it. Is it... Uh, the PSD school that my kid was part of, um, they were doing recorded video. Mm-hmm. So it, that was the yeah. Hi, Elam. Was that, Elam, what, what grade was that? Because uh, were they doing that for the young, the young ones or just for the older children? It's school-wide. Oh, school-wide. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because they were, they were concerned about, um, you know, scheduling live session at a time where Maybe inconvenient to yes. the parents, yes, or not yes. parents around, yes. And um, so, so, but then you have a flip side problem, which is there is an interaction with the teacher yes. and and fellow students. So for my third grader, they um, they open up like a once a week sign up with the math teacher, the mm-hmm. English teacher, mm-hmm. and the Chinese teacher that parents can sign their kid up. And it's small group. It's um, only seven, up to seven kids per session. So during each session, the teacher will actually call and make sure every kid gets to speak and say something. Hmm. So it becomes more involved. A little personalized, yeah. 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 Okay. So just a little bit of that. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't have a kindergartner, so I can't tell, but I, um, I do have a friend in kindergarten, and she actually said it was more... Um, it, it worked well for hers, but at the same time, it really depends on the individual teacher. It does. Taking it. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, I went through with my first grader and it was high maintenance that I had to, I have a first, well, now a second grader, but first, last, last school year, first grade and fourth grade. So, you know, the fourth grade, I was worried about, you know, the academics and being there for him. But with the first grader, it was more kind of holding his hand. But I feel like, um, you know, during this moment, I kind of had to email the teacher and just kind of, it was a time management thing. If my son knew his 3D shapes, we didn't spend all the time doing all the assignments. Like, I would just say, you know, he knows this. And I feel like we couldn't do all the assignments, you know, because some teachers were, they, it was an overload almost. Yeah. And so I feel like there had to be a nice communication. So, and I feel our teacher totally 
accommodated it. And then, you know, as a parent, you know, whatever the, the assignment was, you could easily see if they have it or not. And so I feel like with this home chapter, we just kind of like, I couldn't spend too much time on something he already knew. And, you know, so yeah. I feel it has to be a bit flexible and fluid. And I think there needs to be communication with the teacher and, um, and just keeping up with all the assignments with multiple kids. Um, it was challenging. And I feel like I just had to let go and like, okay, I just can't stress out about all of this too much. So, yeah. but, um, so don't be afraid to email the teacher and, you know, that's a bit of my advice. And, and I think it's it, in reality, it's, it's no longer send our kids to school and they take care of it. You know, we're, we're this chapter, we're going to have to step up if we want whatever level of academics. I mean, I think they're learning so much, as you know, Mary Beth, in this time that's not, you know, academic related, but in that component, if we want advancement, we're just going to have to step up at home, you know, to support the teacher in this distance reality. Yeah. And, and Melina, if you, if you can share too, I don't know if Robert is there, but Robert is an is a educator. He teaches and LA Unified is, is um, you know, he, he just got his word that he's going to be teaching fully online. Correct. Is that. Yeah. I think we were very stressed out because, um, you know, I think we all want our kids in school, but I don't think as a nation we're making it a trap top priority. So I feel like if it was the number one priority in our country, it could happen safe, you know, you know, outdoor or whatever. But I feel like it's kind of being said, but the money isn't behind it. You know, so I feel, you know, with a month away and, you know, how do you accommodate? And, and it's challenging. And I understand, you know, any kind of, you know, so, um, but it comes with other challenges. It's like, you know, the teachers still haven't fully been trained. So it's, it's finally good if they make a decision to get the teachers ready on, on a uniform platform. And I think create some uniformity amongst the school districts, amongst the grade levels, because that was really hard to hear, you know, your friend in the same grade with another teacher is getting this and you're getting that. So, but, you know, it was a band-aid before. This this should be a little different, hopefully. That, that, know, that's with, the hope. That's the hope, right? That's the hope. Thank you, Melina. Yeah. Anyone else yeah, want to add you. anything about uh, what your experiences were online last year for those who are starting the process this year before we move on to the hybrid? Anyone else? No? Okay. Um, so let's talk about um, if this does come up for your school, which it could for um, some private schools and public schools in the area, um, are considering the uh, hybrid mode uh, model for learning, which would, as we know, which would combine face-to-face learning and online instruction. Um, it would go under the um, the control and the understanding of the CDC guidelines of what what has been our which um, a, a lot of you have been hearing about a lot lately, um, and it, it would provide you know the the the, the six foot rule in the classroom, the smaller class sizes. It would also um, give 
the you would have a um, days that your child would be in school and days or half days that your child would be learning at home. So it would be a, a combination of online and then your child would be going to school in small increments in a smaller classroom size. Um, it could be a morning program or an afternoon program. Child would be eating at school except for a small nutrition break in the morning or in the afternoon, but lunchtime, the lunches would be provided to your children. If you get lunch um, uh, programs, you would take the lunch, uh, your child would either get the lunch to bring home and have at home, or um, the children that would be um, coming to school in the afternoon. Um, I, I have not heard how they would be doing lunchtime for those students. Um, the concerns with the hybrid model, is um, once the teacher gets ill that is teaching your child, um, there is, um, a, according to the, the, what I have seen in the records and according to what I have seen with numbers, in, especially with LA Unified and, um, and other schools with Pasadena Unified, there is not enough substitutes, substitute teachers to substitute for that classroom. And what would that look like in the sense of um, a substitute teacher teaching that class? Um, that is a concern that I have with um, the hybrid at this point um, is who would be teaching once that teacher is ill and um, cannot be there. And then once a live case is presented to the school, um, another concern that I've been hearing, and I want parents to be very aware of this, is um, especially I'm hearing it in the La Crescenta School District or the Glendale School District, which is a La Crescenta and Glendale and also in Pasadena, I'm hearing that um, with the lawyer's pen, they are writing that if a if a, a active COVID case is is presented to the school, um, they will have no right. They they do not have to notify parents of an active case that your child has been exposed. Which I do not understand where this is coming from. But for the example was well, if my child gets lice, we get notified. Well, you know, if if a, a child in the classroom has lice, everyone gets notified. But if a child comes in with an active COVID case or a COVID case is discovered in a child, you will not, you not legally have to be notified. And this comes back down to the whole piece of privacy and um, not, um, not giving out information, private information, which I understand. Um, but that is a concern of um, how will you find out if the, for the safety of your children um, or the teachers. Um, that concerns me for the teachers also and the staff that work there. Um, so I just wanna make you aware of that and you need to find that out about your school district to see what the policy is about notification and, um, and find out what you can um, do about that and, and to make sure that is either private or public schools to find out um, if you'll be getting that information and how accurate you'll be getting that information. Um, the hybrid model is, um, once again, there, there could be the periodic school closures, and we, we all know about the 14-day period. Um, that could be a piece if something, if there is an active situation or your child has been exposed, then your child would be out for 14 days, um, and that means the teacher would be out for 14 days. So you can see why a lot of schools have gone to the fully online, because the hybrid model at this point, I think, would be very difficult. I, I'm sensing it would be very difficult to manage. Um, the accommodations for uh, special populations, uh, any child with special needs or any kind of um, uh, uh, needs along the way, um, those, um, those take priority in the hybrid, in the hybrid model. 
um, with those, which I am happy to see that those children, so if, if your child, if your school is going full online, what I'm hearing is that the schools are going to provide um, uh, more of a hybrid model to get um, the, the uh, special populations students on campus to be with their instructors and to get the services they need and not doing it all online. So that is a positive that I am hearing. So be aware of that if you have any, uh, any kind of uh, special IEP, 504, any kind of learning plan, um, to be really aware of that. And I did include that in the link tree also to make sure you know your legal rights when it comes to um, that and to make sure you are being advocate for your child for that piece. Uh, I, the next category is the full in-person. So any other, uh, yeah, so I, I, at that point, I don't really know how else to describe the full. Um, I can't really say too much about that one. It is what it is. So um, that will be a, a personal decision that you'll have to make for your family. Um, so let's go to the next slide. Um, so as, as stated at the bottom, the overall um, Every decision that you're going to be making here, I really want you to look at it from the perspective of uh, that this is your personal journey with your family and, and, uh, and within your family structure. So I really do want you to take that to heart, that you are creating um, what is best for your family. And every family is so unique in the sense of, you know, who is in your, who is living it under your roof? Who is not just under your roof, but who... Who are you um, associating with? Do you have elderly family members? Um, do you have um, uh, caregivers? What, whatever you are, you need to kind of create this best for you. And that's what I want to you to remember tonight is as you are going through um, your ideas and, I, and thinking about what you're, what you're planning to do is I want you to look at your home and family and, I, uh, and, and what the structure is and who's there and what works for you. I also want you to be very cognizant of um, the financial needs of you, your family, but also those around you um, and, and be, just have that on your mind. Um, I talk about the equity piece here. We are running into a very, um, a very, very troubling time if we have families um, that need to work and, and who's going to be watching children. Um, this is a very, very, very heavy on my heart. Um, and uh, watching children, um, having children out of the home from abusers is very heavy on my heart. Um, and making sure that our children are, are, um, are safe. Um, so be aware of that within your own family, but also be aware of others around you and, and be very aware of your judgment of others. Um, I did once again in the link tree link, there is um, all the financial and the um, and the needs and concern links are on there, and all the phone numbers and um, all the um, links that you might need to to find resources for your family. If you are finding it some financial hardship uh, with watching your children, um, you do need to speak up and you do need to advocate for your own family with this. So I did include all those contacts and all those links for you. Um, and if you could pass them on to families that you might know that need them, please do that because this is a, a very serious issue that we're dealing with right now. And, um, and I just, I just want to make sure that um, if there's anything I can do for any of you um, to help you and guide you 
um, with any challenges that you might be coming across, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, I'd be happy to dig and find resources for you. Um, <clears throat> the, the other big piece um, that I want to talk about again is um, what's happening with our children by being uh, physical and uh, with the physical and social restrictions, which I talked about earlier, um, and how we need to um, really advocate for our children to have um, social interaction and, and talk about that, that social bubble. Uh, and once again, I'd be happy to help you with that and get that going for you if that's something you need help with. Um, we can't let this just go. Um, and we do need to get our children um, safe, so, safe and social um, sooner than later. So it, are there any questions on that piece before I move on to about it again, about um, what that might look like for your family or any ideas uh, or anything that you guys have done to, um, uh, to, do, to, to already make that happen? Anybody? No? Okay. I, I have a question about that. Sure. Um, this is Joy. Hi. Yes. Hi, Do hi Joy. You, um, I, I know your voice, Joy. <laughs> it's a little bit difficult when you have, like, children of different ages yes. when you're opening up a bubble because if other people don't have children of the same ages. Yes. So I guess yeah. – my yeah. question is, and I know the answer is that everyone needs the socialization, but is it more important for my six-year-old or six, seven-year-old to have socialization than my 13-year-old? I mean, is one more important or, you know, I mean, like at this yeah. point in their development? <clears throat> yeah. And I, and I hear your dog. Your dog needs it too in the background, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, do we ever say that one child's more important than the other? Well, at this point in no, development, I, I, I understand. At this point in development, what we have to say is, you know, I, I want to prioritize all of them. And so they all have a unique way of social, socialization. You know, we have, you have 13-year-old teenagers now. Just this summer, Joy has teenagers. Um, but, yeah, so it's going to look very different. So, you, you know, the, your six-year-old, Stella, is going to want to – um, get together and talk and, and run and giggle and, um, and just have, you know, interaction in that way. And your 13 year olds, or, you know, if he's, if he's still doing his sports or his hockey or going to the park and kicking a ball or, um, you know, doing things over zoom, they're more apt to do that than they are to, you know, knowing your child though, too. I, I know your kids. So, but, I would, if I would answer your question, Joy, I would stay put a lot of emphasis on, on Stella's social world. And you can have, um, I know families that have, that have had to bring in, so they might bring in um, a child, like a, a comparable six to seven year old for Stella and within your bubble, that family might have a child within your bubble, but then you can also bring in another family. You could have two or three families together um, that might have, that bubble group and you're not going to meet with them all at the same time. You would just have the same respect piece of knowing that you are all doing the same thing. Does that make sense? So you don't all have to be together yeah. at the same moment. Um, but you could have two or three families that you are working together with to create that social bubble. Okay. And I imagine yeah. my boys can social distance a little more than Stella. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And Stella, it wouldn't be. You know, 
and I don't know if Stella's still going to gymnastics. I don't know if that's, you know, she's actually, she's actually the only one with a sport right now. The two boys sports have both been canceled. Yeah. Okay. So she's actually getting, you know, being there on that, that smaller group, that scale, but she is getting socialization during that time also. So that's a plus, that's a plus in that way. But I would just talk to your children individually, especially your older ones and kind of see what their needs are. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I see Stephanie there with, with, um, you know, Eka and, you know, he's, he's going to want, you know, he's going to want to have someone his age to, to run around with, kick a ball with, um, to be silly with, um, to have that, you know, we're not going to be wrestling and doing all that, but there is that need. And so, you know, kind of find, kind of find those family groups that'll work for you. Okay. But I, like I said, I did put a whole handout on how to create the groups what questions to ask each other um, and how it works. So it is on that link tree. So any questions on the social bubble piece? Um, hey, Beth, this is Christine. Hi, Christine. Um, I just had a question about like, when I see my kids, I mean, they're socializing. And I've talked to Christopher and I've said, you know, do you, do you want to see your, or do you miss your friends? And he's just kind of like, no. I'm okay. Like, he's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and I, and I feel like his interaction with his sister is like really nice right now. So I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, what kind of like signs should I be on the lookout for where I'm like, okay, I need to really start looking really hard for like a playmate for him or for Elizabeth. Yeah. Or- yeah. You know, uh, Christopher, um, you know, we know he's social, social pieces, for him have been traumatic, not traumatic and horrible traumatic, but he's had some rough times with some social pieces at school. And so his, his first inclination to want to be with other uh, students right now for his age, he, we, he would have that memory of, you know, not quite fitting in 100%, you know, Christine, what I'm talking about? So his memory of that yeah. isn't ideal. So we do, on that note, we do want to still make an effort to find um, you know, to either someone that he felt it doesn't have to be a school friend, but it could be someone within the community. It could be someone from his swim class. It could be someone that he had a cousin. It could be someone from the neighborhood. But even though he's saying he doesn't want to be social, um, hi Stella. <laughs> even though he says he doesn't want to be social, um, it doesn't mean we're not going to do it. So it might be as a family, we might get together with another family that has children within your children's time, you know, frame. And maybe meet at the park with blankets, have a picnic dinner, um, and and bring some balls or some scooters, and just let them naturally just be with each other. They may not have to play intimately with each other, but the whole thing about socialization right now with our children is we want children to be around to hear the rhythms of language about from other children, the rhythms of of laughter, the the how children um, to have them watch the social cues that are going on with that with the other child and the other parent. Those are all the pieces that we're kind of looking for with socialization. So they don't have to be best buddies. Um, it could be that they're just coexisting together. And so, uh, Christine, I would really encourage that for Christopher, um, just to be with an other children in general. It is wonderful that he has a sibling, um, and that relationship is uh, great at this moment. It won't be, right? We know how it ebb and flows. Um, but it's lovely that he has that. So I would encourage, um, don't ask him, just kind of create it. Um, and maybe create a, a more of a family get together at that point with with the family that you think might be a good match. Does that help? 
Yes, yes, definitely. Um, we've had we have had another family come by one time, and that was really nice. And then his teacher actually stopped by our house to say hello, and he was—I mean, he didn't—he was excited, and he showed them like all the plants in the house. So, yeah. but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, because he's his natural instinct um, is not to want to be—you know—he—he's he, a—he's a lovely introverted child who loves his world and loves his ideas and concepts, and to share those with others may not be. Yeah, that's why, you know, finding a, a very generic place that he could um, just be with other children is kind of what we're looking for. Um, with, with the pod, with the social bubble, you don't have to have people in your home. Um, I recommend not bringing people into your home. I would recommend maybe doing a backyard, front yard, park, uh, going to, like I said, our burrito, descanso places um, that you can have some space to go, uh, riding bikes, doing things that your children like to do. Um, actually, swimming pools are pretty safe too, for the most part. Um, so just something to think about. Got it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Any other Mrs. questions? Yes. I, yes. I feel like when we kind of reach out, I get a little bit judged. Like, Hello. oh, you know, hey, we have a, you know, we have a nice size yard and I'm like, we can split it. And so, you know, but I feel like, just by putting it out there, I already feel like, oh, you're kind of one of those people or something. Mm-hmm. So how do we yeah. just move yeah, so, that? Yeah. So that, that may not be that may not be the most ideal bubble for you then, because if we're if you're feeling judged um, and after you go through the questions, I want you to read the questions that I have created for you mm-hmm. on the link tree. I think once you go through those questions and you're feeling like, OK, if I ask that question to this family, hmm. I, you know, am I going to give that kind of response? It may not be the right bubble group for you, and they might yeah. be better with another bubble group. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because, but, but you never know, Melina. Sometimes you you have to kind of just ask it, and um, you might be surprised sometimes too. You might just be think that they might respond that way. So. Yeah, I think that's what Rich Chow, like you know the the close my kids' friends' friends. You know, of course, those are the ones, you know, just even, I mean, really from a distance or meet at the park or something. And so, you know, when they say we're uncomfortable, which I totally respect, it's been, you know, it's been interesting to kind of branch out and find other people and actually almost build some new relationships, which were unexpected, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 this will do that. This will do that. And this and this, and it will, you know, we don't want to cause um, social rifts and social issues. And that's what I put on that doc- document for you. It's just to be aware that, you know, we're not doing this to create isolation of other families or to create uh, walls between families. It's just a healthy way of putting together smaller groups at, in hopes that we can do this. And in hopes from a year now where we won't be, you know, we can just open up and our children can naturally be on the right path to, to being social again. Um, and knowing how to interact and, and having a little separation from us. And that, that's a big problem we're going to have is this, this ap- actual separation. So to have your children uh, going outside and riding scooters with another peer from a distance is really going to help facilitate that separation as we either go back to school or having to um, start working on that piece. So these are all just pieces I want you to build up to the ultimate separation, which is going to happen. We just don't know when. Okay. 
Any other questions on that part? Okay, so the, um, I, I, I do want you to, another question, important thing to remember is um, as, you, as you're looking at your schools, I want you to remember what the school's priorities are. And I'm, not, and I'm not trying to bash schools, I'm just trying to make you very cognizant of, you know, they have priorities. Um, you have priorities, they have priorities. Be aware of what your priorities are and the schools and try to make and make them work together. Um, and that's why I'm saying this is a real individual journey that you're going to be on where, um, you know, whatever we talk about here, you're going to have to make those decisions. But, but look, at, look at what the schools are doing for teachers. Um, how, are they, how are they supporting the teachers? How are they supporting um, the staff that work there? How, and how can they give you and the teachers ongoing support? Um, those are all very important pieces to kind of look at when you're looking at a school's priorities and, and, and some of the big ones. Um, so just be aware of that. Um, and the last part is, um, you know, we all are going through um, a very beginning phase and just, just the tip of the iceberg right now um, of collective grief and collective healing. Um, you know, we, we, are in, we are in a grief phase. We, we've been through a grief phase. We're, we're here. We're still here, guys. We're still in the grief phase. You know, what was? What was our life? What, what, why, what was our life before this all happened? And so I, I just want to support you um, with that notion that we are still there. We are still in that idea of what, what was our life before this all happened? Um, what did we take for granted? What did, you know, those, what, what, what did, what, what did we put value on? Um, that's where we are right now. And, I, and that's, that's where we should be. Um, there also should be great sadness. Um, you know, it, it, we should feel we feeling overwhelmed. We should be feeling sad. Uh, we should have really good days and we should have really crappy days. Um, that's, that's the roller coaster that we're on right now. And I, I just want, I, I want to, I want you to know that I am here. I am listening to you. I'm available to you. Um, and, um, and, and I hope you have been getting that message from me. I've been trying to put things out for you um, on Instagram, on Facebook and whatever I can. So um, I, I am, yeah, just just let you know. And if if things are tough, please please get back to me and let me know. Um, I am still doing my groups. I will still be doing my groups. In um, I'm doing groups now. I have 11, 13 groups actually this summer. I will be continuing groups in the fall. If you want to put a group together, please let me know so we can get that going. All right, you guys, have a good evening, and uh, please stay in touch. And we'll uh, I'll see what I can do about putting together a homeschool. Um, uh, Zoom. Okay. Everyday Parenting is produced by me, Teresa Wang. The music you hear in our podcast is courtesy of the Emmy Award-winning artist, Stephen Morell. If you have a question for Mary Beth and the Everyday Parenting podcast community, please join us on our Facebook group. Just search for Everyday Parenting Group on Facebook. Don't miss our next episode. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Also, please take the time out to find us and rate us on iTunes.